0: The school is out. Which means it's time for High Kids. Good afternoon and welcome to the High Kids Show. Thank you for choosing 101.9 High FM. This is High Kids, Four Kids, Five Kids. My name is Varia Katz and I'm your host for today. Coming up on High Kids today, I'll be interviewing Peter van Nerek. Nate Nate. He, he works at the South African Guard Dog, Dog Association. So just stay tuned to 101.9 HiFM to find out more about the, the South African Guard Dog Association. You're listening to High Kids on 101.9 High FM. This is High Kids 4Kids, Kids. I have Peter Faneric, Monica Steen, and Salome N... Ni- How do you say your surname?
1: Intulingwe.
0: Intulingwe. Yes I'm very excited to talk to them So good afternoon everyone
2: Good Good afternoon afternoon.
0: So glad to have you in the studio with me Can you just tell me what does the Guide Dog Association do?
2: Ruria, the Guide Dogs Association uh, is an organisation where we change people's lives Uh, We started off originally by a lady by the name of Gladys Evans And she had a vision Uh, To bring guide dogs to South Africa And she went all the way to Britain to go and find out all about it Brought the first dog to South Africa And then went on to her own dream And that's to found the Guide Dogs Association So that she could make guide dogs available to more blind people in this country But through the last 66 years We also developed into three more very important services and that's, for instance, the training of service dogs. That's to help someone in a wheelchair, physically impaired person. Autism support dogs. That's for children in the age group of about 5 to about 10 years of age. And very important, and that's why Salome is here today, is to talk about our College of Orientation Mobility, where we assist blind people from any age group uh, to cope with the challenges of visual impairment without a dog.
0: Wow, that sounds very interesting. Can you tell me about this orientation, Salome?
2: We teach visually
1: impaired people how to be independent in their own environment. But what we do, we teach them how to use a long cane. We don't teach uh, how to use their dog. And then again, we teach them the activity of daily living, whereby we say... Life after blindness still goes on. People should know how to cook. They should know how to take care of their, of themselves daily as well as they must also travel from home to work. In their work environment, they must also do their own shopping. They don't have to wait for somebody coming from wherever to come and assist them with transport or to take them to go, to go and do their own shopping. So we teach them all that, as well as how to identify notes, money, and all the skills that uh, sighted people are doing or all, all the activities that the sighted people are doing every day. We teach them to the visually impaired people.
0: Well, wow, I think it's a very important skill to be able to learn to cope with your problems, and it's amazing you can help people with that. It is. But definitely it can be hard to, to struggle with not being able to see. So are there tools that people use to help them?
1: Yeah. It so is. I'm
0: saying to recognize an, uh, uh, money, let's say. You can't feel the difference between money, at least I don't think you can. So is there a tool that you'll be able to help you with that?
1: With, with the, the nodes, we remember the 10 rent is smaller. We teach them either by, by using the money stick or by using their fingers. You just roll it from the, from the end of your, your finger to, to your middle finger and then you'll see the 10 rand will be a little bit higher, 20 rand low, like it will drop just like that because they differ in sizes. But with, with uh, the coins, one rand, two rent, and five rand, when you look at them on the side, they are smooth and rough. So that is how we teach them how to identify it. Anyway, the new five rent is, is stress-free because it's a little bit heavier. And then 10 cents, 20 cents, and 50 cents, they are all around uh, rough on the side. As well as one other thing that we teach them is to use Manibala. This uh, equipment, they can sign with it as well as identifying notes with it. So it can actually do both. For their signature as well as identifying the notes with it.
0: Wow! So what? So let me just show me. is a little looks like a card with a with a tra- with a rectangular hole in it and a few jagged pieces, which are seems to like measure the notes. So that's very interesting to be able to do that. Sounds really cool.
2: And uh, brewery, if you can, if I can just add to that, it's so important that a blind person. Um, Need to be taught these type of skills because they need to take charge of their own finances, etc. They need to sign documents. So what Salomian and her team basically do is to help people to live life to the fullest with the least of assistance possible.
1: And our services are for free. We don't charge them for what we assisting them with. We give them the long cane for free. We give them this equipment baller for free or the money stick for free as well as the liquid level indicator that one we use it for how to measure cold drink tea or whatever because of it will give you the different sound the more you put the liquid inside the cup or glass like the first uh, beep will say and then the second one will go Telling you that you must stop You can't put more than that Actually once saw that It's
0: a bit like a clip that you put onto your cup And it goes down so it's a bit like a thermometer But instead of telling you the temperature It tells you how full it is yes. So if you only want half a cup of tea Then you put that little clip on your cup And it will measure half a cup And it will tell you when it's half a cup
1: Yes. It's amazing It is.
0: And yeah, so that, that sounds really amazing. What does the long stick do just to feel where, what's in front of you?
1: They use it to feel what is it that is in front of them as well as the holes or anything that is in front of them actually. Small or big, they will just feel it. And then even the different texture on, of the surface, they will feel it with the cane because that, that cane must actually make contact with the surface. They don't just hold it on the, on the air. It must Make contact with the surface, then sliding it from right to the left according to the size of their shoulders. Because once it go uh, uh, over their shoulder, it means that they are they are going to disturb other people who are working on the on the same route with them. So that is why it's so important that they must just protect for themselves.
0: Wow, it's amazing! You don't realize what little things you do. In your in your daily life, that could be a struggle for someone. I mean, pouring a glass of water, you don't think that that's hard. Mm. You, you can see when it gets to the top. Or, uh, I don't know, walking into your classroom. Mm. You know where your classroom, you can see where your classroom is. But someone might have to feel on the wall to where the door is.
1: Yeah. It's amazing. It is. If you think
0: about all the little things that you do in your life.
1: It mm.
0: So let's talk about the dogs now. Do you use different breeds of dogs? We
3: use Golden Retrievers, Labradors... And we've just started using shepherds. And we also cross the golden retrievers and the Labradors. So do you breed your own dogs? We breed our own dogs. We have the breeding center in Johannesburg in um, Paulsdorf. We have our own um, broods out in homes. And we have imported semen from overseas guiding schools. And we are covering our girls with the imported semen to get our puppies that we breed by ourselves.
0: Wow, that's amazing. You said that you don't earn any money from this. So I assume it's quite an expensive hobby or whatever you want to call it to breed dogs. So how do you get the funds for that?
2: Bruria, um, the funds comes from the general public. Uh, the, the man on the street is still our biggest donor. We also get support from service clubs, from schools. We do not get support from government at all. And we get some support from corporate sector. Uh, people also leave, uh, from time to time, a gift in their will to the association. But our biggest donor is the man on the street.
0: So a random person, he gives you a donation.
2: Yeah. Wow, Several ways amazing. of getting involved. And uh, we have uh, our our social media, our contact details will all go um, out onto your um, social media pages and people are more than welcome to to get to know more information. For instance, the cost of training a dog is hundreds of thousands of rands. The average blind person do not have that type of money. So that's why Gladys wanted to make our services very affordable. So we only charge 205 rand per dog. That's a guide dog, a service dog, or an autism support dog. 5 rand is for the dog, and 200 rand is basically a token payment towards the equipment and the training that they undergo when they get matched with their dog and meet their new dog and start their new future with their new dog. Wow,
0: that's really amazing. So just to remind all our listeners, Gladys is the person who founded this wonderful organization. And I think you should really go check out all the details on social media. It sounds like a very worthy cause to be able to... Give your time and money to. Yeah,
2: we have got a Facebook page. People can, can, can join our Facebook page. we on Instagram. We're on Twitter.
0: Awesome. And can people volunteer for this organization?
2: Yes, we welcome volunteers. There's several ways of volunteering. Uh, one way that Monica can talk in a moment about is to raise puppies for us. We're in desperate need of puppy raisers. People can also volunteer at our offices in Paulsoff. Where they can come and do, help us with all different types of tasks, uh, Monday to Thursday mornings. Uh, people can also join as a volunteer, uh, sports events, promoting the association or participating, uh, wearing one of our branded shirts, maybe for cycling or swimming or, uh, canoeing, whatever the case may be, and promote the association and a lot of people raise funds that way as well. And then for, for the more senior people, we have got the Phoenix Club and that, that is where if people want to find out more about that and they are more than welcome to contact me at the association and we can introduce it to them through a presentation.
0: Wow, that sounds really amazing. Lots of things to volunteer for. So you said something about puppy raising. What, can you tell us what that is, Monica?
3: Puppy raising is families that um, bring these puppies into their home for us and help socialize and bring these puppies up for for the first sixteen months of their life. So the puppy would go to these puppy raisers when they are seven weeks of seven weeks of age, and we help them socialize them, teach them basic obedience. We do shopping centers, street walks, events, just socialization to to help them get those puppies out and about. And um everything is paid for by us, by guide dogs. We do veterinary care. We've got kenneling facilities. If you are going away, the puppies will come and stay with us. Um, temporary homing. So if the puppy's too small, we'll place it in a temporary home with somebody else. So you're basically just opening up your home to rear and love and look after one of our puppies for us for 16 months of his life.
0: Wow, that sounds really amazing. And to all the dog lovers out there, you don't have to buy a new dog, or even if you have five dogs already, take another dog in for 16 months and help a person who's definitely a worthy cause. And not that, dif- I mean, I don't know, actually, if it's that difficult at all to raise a puppy for 16 months, I think you can tell me that. They they naughty.
3: <laughs> We're not gonna lie. They're, you're gonna take a puppy into a home that is going to chew and destroy and redesign your garden for you. Um, but you but you look over that when you've got when you're doing this for a greater purpose to give somebody independence. Um, it all makes it so worthwhile. And yes, it is going to be hard to give the puppy back after the sixteen months. But when you get to meet the person and get to know where your puppy's going. It makes it so worthwhile.
0: Definitely. So can you come and visit your puppy after you've given it back? Depending on
3: you, you'll get to meet the person. So, so they're in with the puppy raises from seven weeks to 16 months. Then they come in for formal training and they'll be in formal training from 16 months for anything from four to, to six months. They're in formal training with a trainer. Um, we have, the puppies that are in their training will go home on weekends. So you don't just hand your puppy back to us and you say goodbye to it. It will come home on weekends. If the trainer's got something else on, the dog will come home on during those periods. It'll come home at Easter, it'll come over Christmas. So and then we have a graduation ceremony, which I'm sure Peter could fill in a bit more later on. But we have a graduation ceremony where you actually get to meet the person where your puppy Goes over to Oh
0: wow! And and that it makes, sounds amazing. It makes it all your work.
3: It makes it so worthwhile that you actually see and meet and get to know where your puppy is going to live out the rest of their life.
2: And a lot of friendships get formed between the puppy raiser and the new recipient, where the puppy raisers often will um, will will adjust their holiday program or plans just to go and visit their puppy. Mm-hmm. If their puppy is, for instance, going outside Johannesburg whatever the case may be. So, you know, you can stay in contact with your puppy for as long as you want to.
0: Wow, that's amazing. Sounds, it's very interesting. I'm really enjoying this and I will love to continue talking about this after the song break. You're listening to Hi Kids on 101.9 Hi FM. This is Hi Kids, 4 Kids, by Kids. My name is Burya Katz and I'm 12 years old. Now let's carry on with the questions. So we were talking about puppy raising last time and we were, we, we were talking about how you can stay in contact with your pet and that um, you, can, you, you get to meet the person at the graduation. So can you tell us more about that graduation?
2: Well, the graduation, as Monica said, is basically a symbolic f- uh, function where we hand over or present the guide dog owner, service dog owner with their equipment and their dog. So it's basically what the puppy raisers have worked for, what the trainers have worked for, and what the recipient has actually been dreaming of for for many, many months or sometimes for years.
0: So when, when, the, when they have their graduation, so the, the recipient gets their dog, have they already met the dog before? Do they know who the dog is, what their name is, or are they meaning them for the first time?
2: At that stage, they've been working with their dog. They've actually been training domiciliary, uh, which is in their home and work area, but majority of our training is done at residential training. In other words, they come and stay at the guide dog training center for about two weeks. So at that stage, they have met their dogs about almost two weeks ago. They've been working hard, training, get to know one another, how to understand one another, And also how to care for the dog because it's very important. That's one of the, the training, um, pillars that we, that we build it on is to teach the blind person or the uh, physically impaired person how to care for your dog. It's very important. So by the time the graduation happens, it's actually when the training, the first stage of their training together is completed before they go home. And that's when the hard work starts.
0: So, how long does it take to train a do- to train one of your guide dogs?
2: Guide dogs, Monica said, um, they will go to puppy raising at the age of about seven weeks. At sixteen weeks, sixteen months, more or less, they come back into the training program. The training of the dog will last approximately four to six months. So, on average, a dog will be somewhere just. Under or just on or just over two years, when the dog is fully trained, and then do their training with with their recipient.
0: Do you ever breed a dog that you just find you can't train, and is not good enough for to be a guard dog, to be a service dog?
3: You do sometimes get dogs that, um, you know, they, they just want to be a dog. They don't want to be a working dog. They don't want to um, spend their life in a harness or retrieving things. And we're not going to force those dogs to do that if they don't want to do it. So you can clearly see if they want to be a working dog. They're happy to go for a walk on lead. And when they come in for training and the trainer starts training them and they put the harness on them, and all of a sudden the dog starts paying up a little bit, we're not going to force that dog to work if he's not happy in that environment. So you do get dogs that tell us in their own way that they don't want to be
0: working dogs. They
3: just want to be a pet dog.
0: So what what would you do to those dogs? Would you give them home?
3: Those dogs would, the the puppy raisers, the families who have brought them up, would get the first option to keep them. If they cannot keep them, we've got a long waiting list of people that are applying for, for our dogs because our dogs are trained. And those people will fill in an application form and um, they would then have to buy a dog from us with a, a small fee, a donation fee. And um, those dogs happily go live their life out wherever those people are. So, yeah. And
2: often it also happens, Bruria, that uh, the dogs that do not make the grade or become a a working dog, um, they they suitable in public, they well behaved, they good ambassadors. So we, in some instances, will use some of those dogs as ambassador and PR dogs. That's how Ash came about.
0: So can you tell me about Ash? Ash was raised,
3: uh, was um, bred by guide dogs. I did puppy raise her. Unfortunately, she didn't make the program because she's got elbow problems. So she's had operations to, to try and correct it when she was on the puppy scheme. Unfortunately, they didn't work out. And with her having a dodgy elbow, we can't get her or make her a working dog. It's not fair. She's got a sore elbow. It's not fair to make her a working dog. So she has become our, our PR dog. So she comes to events with me, and she is also our service demo dog. So she goes around and she shows people what service dogs can do, which is very interesting for people as well.
0: Can you give me an example of what she can do?
3: So what what service dogs and what I've trained Ash to do is she can open doors, she can close doors, she can um, retrieve something off the floor and give it to you, she can pull your socks or your slippers off, Um, she can take washing out of a
0: washing machine. So she's she's doing very well. That's amazing. How long have you has she been your service dog, your show dog for? Uh Well, I've Ash has recently just turned five years old. Oh wow! So, so for five years. Five years.
3: Amazing. Yeah. Can she do any cute little tricks? She can. I have taught her to do high five. Well, that's cool. Uh, she can shake. She can give a kiss,
0: and she can roll over. Oh wow! That's quite cool. I don't think most of your guide dogs can do that, can they? There's a few puppy raisers out there that do teach, teach their
3: dogs a few little tricks here and there, but it's something we don't really encourage too much. But, um, you know, it's nice to, to say to their, their guide or service dog owner, like, hey, the dog can do a high five or it can do a roll, and, and they appreciate that sort of stuff as well.
2: I think it's important to know that um, the main purpose for the training of our dogs is basically to be a working dog, mm. and there's a perception out in public that, you know, people invite the guide dogs because they can come and do some tricks. We don't perform tricks. We're not uh, a party, a party performing <laughs> clique. Um, we actually, uh, there to make a difference in people's lives. Um, you know, to change their life, to help them to live life to the fullest. But as Monica rightfully said, some of our dogs do come with, uh, with, with, with interesting behaviors and, you know, some of them has picked up a few interesting uh, party tricks along the road.
0: That's quite cool. And can you tell us about any upcoming events that you have for... Association.
2: Yes, there's uh, quite a, uh, quite a hype around Madiba Day. I mean, there's going to be uh, Madiba activities uh, when, when, you know, later in the month, middle, and, middle of the month. And for more information on that, people can visit our website, www.guidedog.org.za. You can also pick up the social media links from there. But very interesting, that might be of interest to our high listeners, and especially the high kids, bring mom and dad and oma and opa and grandma and grandpa all along to our family fun day uh, at the Guide Dogs uh, Training Center. It's on the 28th of July. Gates open at 10 o'clock. It's going to be loads of entertainment, loads of arena events, lots of fun for the kids, lots of things to buy. Eat and drink. So come. Don't bring your cooler box. Bring your money bag with, and come and enjoy a, a lovely day out um, at the guide dogs premises. There will be kennel tours, and information sessions as well.
0: That sounds very amazing. And it's been so amazing to talk to you and learn about what your program does. Um, all these dogs that you train. Special mention to Ash and,
2: and Shogun. And
0: Shogun, who are here in the studio with us, and they are. Amazingly trained, I've got to say, almost as well as a person, and it's been very amazing to see what you do. And good luck for the future. Thank you. Thank you, brewery and thank you, thank you for the
2: opportunity. Thank you to Chai um, FM, and yeah, it's uh, good luck pleasure. with good luck with what you do. You've been an amazing presenter.
0: Thank you. And if you, any dog lovers out there, and you don't want to get a permanent dog, you should look into raising a puppy. It's a very, it's a very good cause. So thank you so much for coming on my show. So thank you so much to my guests for coming on Chakids and teaching us more about the Blind Dog Association. It sounds like a really wonderful cause and I think you should all consider raising a puppy. And ca- or you must all come to the, the Guide Dog Association Family Fun Day. I think it was going to be a really l- lack of joy. And thank you to my, th- thank you to my producer Mandy and, and DJ Craig for pushing the big red buttons. Join us tomorrow for another Chakid show, only on 101.9 Chai FM. This has been Chakids for kids, by kids.